chapter twenty four of the pilot by james fenimore cooper this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter twenty four had i been any god of power i would have sunk the sea within the earth ere it should the good ship so have swallowed tempest the arms of dillon were released from their confinement by the coxswain as a measure of humane caution against accidents when they entered the surf and the captive now availed himself of the circumstance to bury his features in the folds of his attire when he brooded over the events of the last few hours with that mixture of malignant passion and pusillanimous dread of the future that formed the chief ingredients in his character from this state of apparent quietude neither barnstable nor tom seemed disposed to rouse him by their remarks for both were too much engaged with their own gloomy forebodings to indulge in any unnecessary words an occasional ejaculation from the former as if to propitiate the spirit of the storm as he gazed on the troubled appearance of the elements or a cheering cry from the latter to animate his crew alone were heard amid the sullen roaring of the waters and the mournful whistling of the winds that swept heavily across the broad waste of the german ocean there might have been an hour consumed thus in a vigorous struggle between the seamen and the growing billows when the boat doubled the northern headland of the desired haven and shot at once from its boisterous passage along the margin of the breakers into the placid waters of the sequestered bay the passing blasts were still heard rushing above the high lands that surrounded and in fact formed the estuary but the profound stillness of deep night pervaded the secret recesses along the unruffled surface of its waters the shadows of the hills seemed to have accumulated like a mass of gloom in the centre of the basin and though every eye involuntarily turned to search it was in vain that the anxious seamen endeavoured to discover their little vessel through its density while the boat glided into this quiet scene barnstable anxiously observed everything is as still as death god send it is not the stillness of death ejaculated the coxswain here here he continued speaking in a lower tone as if fearful of being overheard here she lies sir moored aport look into the streak of clear sky above the marsh on the starboard hand of the wood there that long black line is her main topmast i know it by the rake and there is her night pennant fluttering about that bright star ay ay sir there go our own stars aloft yet dancing among the stars in the heavens god bless her god bless her she rides as easy and as quiet as a gull asleep i believe all in her sleep too returned his commander ha by heaven we have arrived in good time the soldiers are moving the quick eye of barnstable had detected the glimmering of passing lanterns as they flitted across the embrasures of the battery and at the next moment the guarded but distinct sounds of an active bustle on the decks of the schooner were plainly audible the lieutenant was rubbing his hands together with a sort of ecstasy that probably will not be understood by the great majority of our readers while long tom was actually indulging in a paroxysm of his low spiritless laughter as these certain intimations of the safety of the aerial and of the vigilance of her crew were conveyed to their ears when the whole hull and taper spars of their 
floating home became unexpectedly visible and the sky the placid basin and the adjacent hills were illuminated by a flash as sudden and as vivid as the keenest lightning both barnstable and his coxswain seemed instinctively to strain their eyes towards the schooner with an effort to surpass human vision but ere the rolling reverberations of the report of a heavy piece of ordnance from the heights had commenced the dull whistling rush of the shot swept over their heads like the moaning of a hurricane and was succeeded by the plash of the waters which was followed in a breath by the rattling of the mass of iron as it bounded with violent fury from rock to rock shivering and tearing the fragments that lined the margin of the bay a bad aim with the first gun generally leaves your enemy clean decks said the coxswain with his deliberate sort of philosophy smoke makes but dim spectacles besides the night always grows darkest as you call off the morning watch that boy is a miracle for his years rejoined the delighted lieutenant see tom the yonker has shifted his berth in the dark and the englishmen have fired by the day range they must have taken for we left him in a direct line between the battery and yon hummock what would have become of us if that heavy fellow had plunged upon our decks and gone out below the water-line we should have sunk into english mud for eternity as sure as our metal and kent ledge would have taken us down responded tom such a point-blanker would have torn off a streak of our whales outboard and not even left the marines time to say a prayer tend bow there it is not to be supposed that the crew of the whale-boat continued idle during this interchange of opinions between the lieutenant and his coxswain on the contrary the sight of their vessel acted on them like a charm and believing that all necessity for caution was now over they had expended their utmost strength in efforts that had already brought them as the last words of tom indicated to the side of the aerial though every nerve of barnstable was thrilling with the excitement produced by his feelings passing from a state of the most doubtful apprehension to that of a revived and almost confident hope of effecting his escape he assumed the command of his vessel with all that stern but calm authority that seamen find is most necessary to exert in the moments of extremest danger any one of the heavy shot that their enemies continued to hurl from their heights into the darkness of the haven he well knew must prove fatal to them as it would unavoidably pass through the slight fabric of the aerial and open a passage to the water that no means he possessed could remedy his mandates were therefore issued with a full perception of the critical nature of the emergency but with that collectedness of manner and intonation of voice that were best adapted to enforce a ready and animated obedience under this impulse the crew of the schooner soon got their anchor freed from the bottom and seizing their sweeps they forced her by their united efforts directly in the face of the battery under that shore whose summit was now crowned with a canopy of smoke that every discharge of the ordnance tinged with dim colours like the faintest tints that are reflected from the clouds towards a setting sun so long as the seamen were enabled to keep their little bark under the cover of the hill they were of course safe but barnstable perceived as they emerged from its shadow and were drawing nigh the passage which led into the ocean that the action of his sweeps would no longer avail them against the currents of air they encountered neither would the darkness conceal their movements from his enemy who had already employed men on the shore to discern the position of the schooner throwing off at once therefore all appearance of disguise he gave forth the word to spread the canvas of his vessel in his ordinary cheerful manner let them do their worst now mary he added we have brought them to a distance that i think will keep their iron above water and we have no dodge about us yonker 
it must be keener marksmen than the militia or volunteers or fencibles or whatever they call themselves behind yon grass-bank to frighten the saucy ariel from the wind returned the reckless boy but why have you brought jonah aboard us again sir look at him by the light of the cabin lamp he winks at every gun as if he expected the shot would haul his own ugly yellow physiognomy and what tidings have we sir from mr griffith and the marine name him not said barnstable pressing the shoulder on which he lightly leaned with the convulsive grasp that caused the boy to yield with pain name him not mary i want my temper and my faculties at this moment undisturbed and thinking of the wretch unfits me for my duty but there will come a time go forward sir we feel the wind and have a narrow passage to work through the boy obeyed a mandate which was given in the usual prompt manner of their profession and which he well understood was intended to intimate that the distance which years and rank had created between them but which barnstable often chose to forget while communing with mary was now to be resumed the sails had been loosened and set and as the vessel approached the throat of the passage the gale which was blowing with increasing violence began to make a very sensible impression on the light bark the coxswain who in the absence of most of the inferior officers had been acting on the forecastle the part of one who felt from his years and experience that he had some right to advise if not to command at such a juncture now walked to the station which his commander had taken near the helmsman as if willing to place himself in the way of being seen well master coffin said barnstable who well understood the propensity his old shipmate had to commune with him on all important occasions what think you of the cruise now those gentlemen on the hill make a great noise but i have lost even the whistling of their shot one would think they could see our sails against the broad band of light which is opening to seaward ay ay sir they see us and mean to hit us too but we are running across their fire and that with a ten-knot breeze but when we heave in stays and get in a line with their guns we shall see and it may be feel more of their work than we do now a thirty-two ant trained as easily as a fowling piece or a ducking gun barnstable was struck with the truth of this observation but as there existed an immediate necessity for placing the schooner in the very situation to which the other alluded he gave his orders at once and the vessel came about and ran with her head pointing towards the sea in as short a time as we have taken to record it there they have us now or never cried the lieutenant when the evolution was completed if we fetch to windward off the northern point we shall lay out into the offing and in ten minutes we might laugh at queen anne's pocket-piece which you know old boy sent a ball from dover to calais ay sir i've heard of the gun returned the grave seaman and a lively piece it must have been if the straits were always of the same width they are now but i see that campton barstable which is more dangerous than a dozen of the heaviest cannon that were ever cast can be at half a league's distance the water is bubbling through our lee scuppers already sir and what of that haven't i buried her guns often and yet kept every spar in her without crack or splinter ay ay sir you have done it and can do it again where there is sea-room which is all that a man wants for comfort in this life but when we are out of these chops we shall be embayed with a heavy north-easter setting dead into the bite it is that which i fear captain barnstable more than all the powder and ball in the whole island and yet tom the balls are not to be despised either those fellows have found out their range and send their iron within hail again we walk pretty fast mr coffin but a thirty-two can cut travel us with the best wind that ever blew tom threw a cursory glance towards the battery which had renewed its fire with a spirit 
that denoted they saw their object as he answered it is never worth a man's while to strive to dodge a shot for they are all commissioned to do their work the same as a ship is commissioned to cruise in certain latitudes before the winds and the weather they are given for a seafaring man to guard against by making or shortening sail as the case may be now the headland to the southward stretches full three leagues to windward and the shoals lie to the north among which god keep us from ever running this craft again we will beat her out of the bite old fellow cried the lieutenant we shall have a leg of three leagues in length to do it in i've known longer legs too short returned the coxswain shaking his head a tumbling sea with a lee tide on a lee shore makes a sad lee way the lieutenant was in the act of replying to this saying with a cheerful laugh when the whistling of a passing shot was instantly succeeded by a crash of splintered wood and at the next moment the head of the mainmast after tottering for an instant in the gale fell towards the deck bringing with it the mainsail and the long line of topmast that had been bearing the emblems of america as the coxswain had expressed it among the stars of the heavens that was a most unlucky hit barnstable suffered to escape him in the concern of the moment but instantly resuming all his collectedness of manner and voice he gave his orders to clear the wreck and secure the fluttering canvas the mournful forebodings of tom seemed to vanish with the appearance of a necessity for his exertions and he was foremost among the crew in executing the orders of their commander the loss of all the sail on the mainmast forced the ariel so much from her course as to render it difficult to weather the point that jutted under her lee for some distance into the ocean this desirable object was however effected by the skill of barnstable aided by the excellent properties of his vessel and the schooner borne down by the power of the gale from whose fury she had now no protection passed heavily along the land heading as far as possible from the breakers while the seamen were engaged in making their preparations to display as much of their mainsail as the stump of the mast would allow them to spread the firing from the battery ceased as the aerial rounded the little promontory the barnstable whose gaze was now bent intently on the ocean soon perceived that as his coxswain had predicted he had a much more threatening danger to encounter in the elements when their damages were repaired so far as circumstances would permit the coxswain returned to his wonted station near the lieutenant and after a momentary pause during which his eyes roved over the rigging with a seaman's scrutiny he resumed the discourse it would have been better for us that the best man in the schooner should have been dubbed of a limb by that shot than that the ariel should have lost her best leg a mainsail close reefed may be prudent canvas as the wind blows but it holds a poor luff to keep a craft to windward what would you have tom coffin retorted his commander you see she draws ahead and off shore do you expect a vessel to fly in the very teeth of the gale or would you have me wear and beat her at once i would have nothing nothing captain barnstable returned the old seaman sensibly touched at his commander's displeasure you are as able as any man that ever trod a plank to work her into an offing but sir when that soldier officer told me of the scheme to sink the ariel at her anchor there were such feelings come athwart my philosophy as never crossed it afore i thought i saw her a rack as plainly i as plainly as you may see the stump of that mast and i will own it for it's as natural to love the craft you sail in as it is to love one's self i will own that my manhood fetched a heavy lee lurch at the sight away with ye ye old sea croaker forward with ye and see that the head-sheets are trimmed flat behold come hither tom if you have sights of wrecks and sharks and other beautiful objects keep them stowed in your own 
silly brain don't make a ghost parlour of my forecastle the lads begin to look to leeward now oftener than i would have them go sirrah go and take example for mr mary who is seated on your namesake there and is singing as if he were a chorister in his father's church ah captain barnstable mr mary is a boy and knows nothing so fears nothing but i shall obey your orders sir and if the men fall astarn this gale it shan't be for anything they'll hear from old tom coffin the coxswain lingered a moment notwithstanding his promised obedience and then ventured to request that captain barnstable would please call mr mary from the gun for i know from having followed the seas my natural life that singing in a gale is sure to bring the wind down upon a vessel the heavier for he who rules the tempest is displeased that man's voice shall be heard when he chooses to send his own breath on the water barnstable was at a loss whether to laugh at his coxswain's infirmity or to yield to the impression which his earnest and solemn manner had a powerful tendency to produce amid such a scene but making an effort to shake off the superstitious awe that he felt creeping around his own heart the lieutenant relieved the mind of the worthy old seaman so far as to call the careless boy from his perch to his own side where respect for the sacred character of the quarter-deck instantly put an end to the lively air he had been humming tom walked slowly forward apparently much relieved by the reflection that he had effected so important an object the ariel continued to struggle against the winds and ocean for several hours longer before the day broke on the tempestuous scene and the anxious mariners were enabled to form a more accurate estimate of their real danger as the violence of the gale increased the canvas of the schooner had been gradually reduced until she was unable to show more than was absolutely necessary to prevent her driving helplessly on the land barnstable watched the appearance of the weather as the light slowly opened upon them with an intense anxiety which denoted that the presentiments of the coxswain were no longer deemed idle on looking to windward he beheld the green masses of water that were rolling in towards the land with a violence that seemed irresistible crowned with ridges of foam and there were moments when the air appeared filled with sparkling gems as the rays of the rising sun fell upon the spray that was swept from wave to wave towards the land the view was still more appalling the cliffs but a short half-league under the lee of the schooner were at all times nearly hid from the eye by the pyramids of water which the furious element so suddenly restrained in its violence cast high into the air as if seeking to overleap the boundaries that nature had fixed to its dominion the whole coast from the distant headland at the south to the well-known shoals that stretched far beyond their course in the opposite direction displayed a broad belt of foam into which it would have been certain destruction for the proudest ship that ever swam to enter still the ariel floated on the billows lightly and in safety though yielding to the impulses of the water and at times appearing to be engulfed in the yawning chasm which apparently opened beneath her to receive the little fabric the low rumour of acknowledged danger had found its way through the schooner and the seamen after fastening their hopeless looks on the small spot of canvas that they were still able to show to the tempest would turn to view the dreary line of coast that seemed to offer so gloomy an alternative even dylan to whom the report of their danger had found its way crept from his place of concealment in the cabin and moved about the decks unheeded devouring with greedy ears such opinions as fell from the lips of the sullen mariners at this moment of appalling apprehension the coxswain exhibited the calmest resignation he knew all had been done that lay in the power of man to urge their little vessel from the land and it was now too evident to his experienced eyes that it had been done in vain 
but considering himself as a sort of fixture in the schooner he was quite prepared to abide her fate be it for better or for worse the subtle look of gloom that gathered around the frank brow of barnstable was in no degree connected with any considerations of himself but proceeded from that sort of parental responsibility from which the sea commander is never exempt the discipline of the crew however still continued perfect and unyielding there had it is true been a slight movement made by one or two of the older seamen which indicated an intention to drown the apprehensions of death in ebriety but barnstable had called for his pistols in a tone that checked the procedure instantly and although the fatal weapons were untouched by him left to lie exposed on the capstan where they had been placed by his servant not another symptom of insubordination appeared among the devoted crew there was even what to a landsman might seem an appalling affectation of attention to the most trifling duties of the vessel and the men who it should seem ought to be devoting the brief moments of their existence to the mighty business of the hour were constantly called to attend to the most trivial details of their profession ropes were coiled and the slightest damages occasioned by the waves which at short intervals swept across the low decks of the aerial were repaired with the same precision and order as if she yet lay embayed in the haven from which she had just been driven in this manner the arm of authority was kept extended over the silent crew not with the vain desire to preserve a lingering though useless exercise of power but with a view to maintain that unity of action that now could alone afford them even a ray of hope she can make no head against this sea under that rag of canvas said barnstable gloomily addressing the coxswain who with folded arms and an air of cool resignation was balancing his body on the verge of the quarter-deck while the schooner was plunging madly into waves that nearly buried her in their bosom the poor little thing trembles like a frightened child as she meets the water tom sighed heavily and shook his head before he answered if we could have kept the head of the mainmast an hour longer we might have got an offing and fetched to windward of the shoals but as it is sir mortal man can't drive a craft to windward she sets bodily in to land and will be in the breakers in less than an hour unless god wills that the wind shall cease to blow we have no hope left us but to anchor our ground tackle may yet bring her up tom turned to his commander and replied solemnly and with that assurance of manner that long experience only can give a man in moments of great danger if our sheet cable was bent to our heaviest anchor this sea would bring it home though nothing but her launch was riding by it a northeaster in the german ocean must and will blow itself out nor shall we get the crown of the gale until the sun falls over the land then indeed it may lull for the winds do often seem to reverence the glory of the heavens too much to blow their might in its very face we must do our duty to ourselves and the country returned barnstable go get the two bowers spliced and have a kedge bent to a hawser we'll back our two anchors together and veer to the better end of two hundred and forty fathoms it may yet bring her up see all clear therefore anchoring and cutting away the mast we'll leave the wind nothing but a naked hull to whistle over ay if there was nothing but the wind we might yet live to see the sun sink behind them hills said the coxswain but what hemp can stand the strain of a craft that is buried half the time to her foremast in the water the order was however executed by the crew with a sort of desperate submission to the will of their commander and when the preparations were completed the anchors and kedge were dropped to the bottom and the instant that the aerial tended to the wind 
the axe was applied to the little that was left of her long raking masts the crash of the falling spars as they came in succession across the decks of the vessel appeared to produce no sensation amid that scene of complicated danger but the seamen proceeded in silence to their hopeless duty of clearing the wrecks every eye followed the floating timbers as the waves swept them away from the vessel with a sort of feverish curiosity to witness the effect produced by their collision with those rocks that lay so fearfully near them but long before the spars entered the wide border of foam they were hid from view by the furious element in which they floated it was now felt by the whole crew of the ariel that their last means of safety had been adopted and at each desperate and headlong plunge the vessel took into the bosom of the seas that rolled upon her forecastle the anxious seamen thought that they could perceive the yielding of the iron that yet clung to the bottom or could hear the violent surge of the parting strands of the cable that still held them to their anchors while the minds of the sailors were agitated with the faint hopes that had been excited by the movements of their schooner dylan had been permitted to wander about the deck unnoticed his rolling eyes hard breathing and clenched hands excited no observation among the men whose thoughts were yet dwelling on the means of safety but now when with a sort of frenzied desperation he would follow the retiring waters along the decks and venture his person nigh the group that had collected around and on the gun of the coxswain glances of fierce or of sullen vengeance were cast at him that conveyed threats of a nature that he was too much agitated to understand if you are tired of this world though your time like my own is probably but short in it said tom to him as he passed the coxswain in one of his turns you can go forward among the men but if ye have need of the moments to foot up the reckoning of your doings among men afore ye're brought to face your maker and hear the log-book of heaven i would advise you to keep as nigh as possible to captain barnstable or myself will you promise to save me if the vessel is wrecked exclaimed dylan catching at the first sounds of friendly interest that had reached his ears since he had been recaptured oh if you will i can secure your future ease yes wealth for the remainder of your days your promises have been too ill kept afore this for the peace of your soul returned the coxswain without bitterness though sternly but it is not in me to strike even a whale that is already spouting blood the intercessions of dylan were interrupted by a dreadful cry that arose among the men forward and which sounded with increased horror amid the roarings of the tempest the schooner rose on the breast of a wave at that instant and falling off with her broadside to the sea she drove in towards the cliffs like a bubble on the rapids of a cataract our ground tackle has parted said tom with his resigned patience of manner undisturbed she shall die as easy as man can make her while he yet spoke he seized the tiller and gave to the vessel such a direction as would be most likely to cause her to strike the rocks with her bows foremost there was for one moment an expression of exquisite anguish betrayed in the dark countenance of barnstable but at the next it passed away and he spoke cheerfully to his men be ready my lads be calm there's yet a hope of life for you our light draught will let us run in close to the cliffs and it is still falling water see your boats clear and be steady the crew of the whaleboat aroused by this speech from a sort of stupor sprang into their light vessel which was quickly lowered into the sea and kept riding on the foam free from the sides of the schooner by the powerful exertions of the men the cry for the coxswain was earnest and repeated but tom shook his head without replying still grasping the tiller and keeping his eyes steadily bent on the chaos of waters into which they were driving the launch the largest boat of the two was cut loose from the grips and the bustle and exertion of the moment rendered the crew insensible to the horror of the scene that surrounded them 
but the loud hoarse call of the coxswain to look out secure yourselves suspended even their efforts and at that instant the aerial settled on a wave that melted from under her heavily on the rocks the shock was so violent as to throw all who disregarded the warning cry from their feet and the universal quiver that pervaded the vessel was like the last shudder of animated nature for a time long enough to breathe the least experienced among the men supposed the danger to be passed but a wave of great height followed the one that had deserted them and raising the vessel again threw her roughly still farther on the bed of rocks and at the same time its crest broke over her quarter sweeping the length of her decks with a fury that was almost resistless the shuddering seamen beheld their loosened boat driven from their grasp and dashed against the base of the cliffs where no fragment of her wreck could be traced at the receding of the waters but the passing below had thrown the vessel into a position which in some measure protected her decks from the violence of those that succeeded it go my boys go said barnstable as the moment of dreadful uncertainty passed you have still the whale-boat and she at least will take you nigh the shore go into her my boys god bless you god bless you all you have been faithful and honest fellows and i believe he will not yet desert you go my friends while there is a lull the seamen threw themselves in a mass into the light vessel which nearly sank under the unusual burden but when they looked around them barnstable and mary dillon and the coxswain were yet to be seen on the decks of the aerial the former was pacing in deep and perhaps bitter melancholy the wet planks of the schooner while the boy hung unheeded on his arm uttering disregarded petitions to his commander to desert the wreck dillon approached the side where the boat lay again and again but the threatening countenances of the seamen as often drove him back in despair tom had seated himself on the heel of the bowsprit where he continued in an attitude of quiet resignation returning no other answers to the loud and repeated calls of his shipmates than by waving his hand towards the shore now hear me said the boy urging his request to tears if not for my sake or for your own sake mr barnstable or for the hope of god's mercy go into the boat for the love of my cousin catherine the young lieutenant paused in his troubled walk and for a moment he cast a glance of hesitation at the cliffs but at the next instant his eyes fell on the ruin of his vessel and he answered never boy never if my hour has come i will not shrink from my fate listen to the men dear sir the boat will be swamped alongside the wreck and their cry is that without you they will not let her go barnstable motioned to the boat to bid the boy enter it and turned away in silence well said mary with firmness if it be right that a lieutenant shall stay by the wreck it must also be right for a midshipman shove off neither mr barnstable nor myself will quit the vessel boy your life has been entrusted to my keeping and at my hands will it be required said his commander lifting the struggling youth and tossing him into the arms of the seamen away with ye and god be with you there is more weight in you now than can go safe to land still the seamen hesitated for they perceived the coxswain moving with a steady tread along the deck and they hoped he had relented and would yet persuade the lieutenant to join his crew but tom imitating the example of his commander seized the latter suddenly in his powerful grasp and threw him over the bulwarks with an irresistible force at the same moment he cast the fast of the boat from the pin that held it and lifting his broad hands high into the air his voice was heard in the tempest god's will be done with me he cried i saw the first timber of the aerial late and shall live just long enough to see it turn out of her bottom after which i wish to live no longer but his shipmates were swept far beyond the sounds of his voice before half these words were uttered all command of the boat was rendered impossible by the numbers it contained as well as the raging of the surf and as it rose on the white crest of a wave tom saw his beloved little craft for the last time it fell into a trough of the sea and in a few moments more its fragments were ground into splinters 
on the adjacent rocks the coxswain still remained where he had cast off the rope and beheld the numerous heads and arms that appeared rising at short intervals on the waves some making powerful and well-directed efforts to gain the sands that were becoming visible as the tide fell and others wildly tossed in the frantic movements of helpless despair the honest old seaman gave a cry of joy as he saw barnstable issue from the surf bearing the form of mary in safety to the sands where one by one several seamen soon appeared also dripping and exhausted many others of the crew were carried in a similar manner to places of safety though as tom returned to his seat on the bowsprit he could not conceal from his reluctant eyes the lifeless forms that were in other spots driven against the rocks with a fury that soon left them but few of the outward vestiges of humanity dylan and the coxswain were now the sole occupants of their dreadful station the former stood in a kind of stupid despair a witness of the scene we have related but as his curdled blood began again to flow more warmly through his heart he crept close to the side of tom with that sort of selfish feeling that makes even hopeless misery more tolerable when endured in participation with another when the tide falls he said in a voice that betrayed the agony of fear though his words expressed the renewal of hope we shall be able to walk to land there was one and only one to whose feet the waters were the same as a dry dock returned the coxswain and none but such as have his power will ever be able to walk from these rocks to the sands the old seaman paused and turning his eyes which exhibited a mingled expression of disgust and compassion on his companion he added with reverence had you thought more of him in fair weather your case would be less to be pitied in this tempest do you still think there is much danger asked dylan to them that have reason to fear death listen do you hear that hollow noise beneath ye tis the wind driving by the vessel tis the poor thing herself said the affected coxswain giving her last groans the water is breaking up her decks and in a few minutes more the handsomest model that ever cut a wave will be like the chips that fell from her timbers in framing why then did you remain here cried dylan wildly to die in my coffin if it should be the will of god returned tom these waves to me are what the land is to you i was born on them and i have always meant that they should be my grave but i i shrieked dylan i am not ready to die i cannot die i will not die poor wretch muttered his companion you must go like the rest of us when the death-watch is called none can skulk from the muster i can swim dylan continued rushing with frantic eagerness to the side of the wreck is there no billet of wood no rope that i can take with me none everything has been cut away or carried off by the sea if ye are about to strive for your life take with ye a stout heart and a clean conscience and trust the rest to god god echoed dylan in the madness of his frenzy i know no god there is no god that knows me peace said the deep tones of the coxswain in a voice that seemed to speak in the elements blasphemer peace the heavy groaning produced by the water in the timbers of the aerial at that moment added its impulse to the raging feelings of dylan and he cast himself headlong into the sea the water thrown by the rolling of the surf on the beach was necessarily returned to the ocean in eddies in different places favourable to such an action of the element into the edge of one of these counter-currents that was produced by the very rocks on which the schooner lay in which the waterman called the undertow dylan had unknowingly thrown his person and when the waves had driven him a short distance from the wreck he was met by a stream that his most desperate efforts could not overcome he was a light and powerful swimmer and the struggle was hard and protracted with the shore immediately before his eyes and at no great distance he was led as by a false phantom to continue his efforts although they did not advance him a foot the old seaman who at first had watched his motions with careless indifference understood the danger of his situation at a glance and forgetful of his own fate he shouted aloud in a voice that was driven over the struggling victim to the ears of his shipmates on the sands sheer to port and clear the undertow sheer to the southward 
dylan heard the sounds but his faculties were too much obscured by terror to distinguish their object he however blindly yielded to the call and gradually changed his direction until his face was once more turned towards the vessel the current swept him diagonally by the rocks and he was forced into an eddy where he had nothing to contend against but the waves whose violence was much broken by the wreck in this state he continued still to struggle but with a force that was too much weakened to overcome the resistance he met tom looked around him for a rope but all had gone over with the spars or been swept away by the waves at this moment of disappointment his eyes met those of the desperate dylan calm and inured to horrors as was the veteran seaman he involuntarily passed his hand before his brow to exclude the look of despair he encountered and when a moment afterwards he removed the rigid member he beheld the sinking form of the victim as it gradually settled in the ocean still struggling with regular but impotent strokes of the arms and feet to gain the wreck and to preserve an existence that had been so much abused in its hour of allotted probation he will soon know his god and learn that his god knows him murmured the coxswain to himself and as he yet spoke the wreck of the ariel yielded to an overwhelming sea and after an universal shudder her timbers and planks gave way and were swept towards the cliffs bearing the body of the simple-hearted coxswain among the ruins End of chapter twenty four